Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. I'm super excited to be back with my next episode of Rewarding Conversations as I am here with Davika. Say hello to the world, Davika. Hello, hello. That's that's Davika World. Um, now, this is this is one that is really special for me personally because Davika is actually um, one of my best friends, uh, somebody that I've known for about six years now. Um, and somebody that I've grown very close to over the years. Uh, we've been through a lot together. Um, but the one, you know, the reason why I really wanted to have you on today is you work in an industry I'm very interested in, uh, that I have a lot of experience in on the other side in terms of eating. And if that doesn't give it away, uh, Davika works in the culinary industry, primarily in like the, the kind of baking type of industry, right? Whoop, whoop. Yes, sir. Uh, and what did it, what do you do right now? Like, what is your title and where do you work? At the moment, I work at a Greek restaurant in Great Falls, Virginia, and I am their operations manager. So I do everything from prepping to grilling to customer service, marketing, um, very small business. We opened up in the middle, actually, no, in the beginning of COVID, um, July of 2020. So we're having a really hard time actually finding people who want to work because everyone is on unemployment at the moment. Yeah. So I do the baking, I do the cooking, I do the prepping, and then the owner helps me out. Wow. Wherever, because all his recipes are in his brain, and that's a process, trying to get it down on actual paper. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. So, so it's an experience. We, we met about six years ago now, yes. um, and you were in culinary school when we met. Yes. Uh, now, what, what got you into, of all the things that you could do, like, what got you interested in culinary to begin with? That would be my mom. Okay. Um, growing up, my mom and my dad both worked, so we only really had the weekends to do stuff. So we'd go grocery shopping Friday nights, and then, you know, we'd prep Saturday nights or Saturday during the day, and then Sunday we'd do all the cooking. So I would help her cut all the vegetables and this and that. Um, and then when I was asked my sophomore year what I wanted to do, I drew a blank. And that's when I started taking other electives in high school rather than the traditional Spanish civics whatever um <clears throat> and i actually took culinary arts and criminal justice side by side and i was always made fun of by my teachers and they had a bet going on that she's either going to be a baker in prison or she's going to cook food for prisoners and they had a bet to see which field i would go in my senior year so, well one of them won but not completely <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah one of them won somewhat though I mean, if you come in the kitchen and you get on my territory, I will handcuff you to a chair. So both so of little, them So a little bit won. of prisoner work, yeah. So you, work, you were in culinary school. Did you just focus in the baking in school or did you also focus in like actual just like cooking of, of food and not just baking? Like what what got you into, uh, you know, just kind of the, the interest area that you were in where you kind of picked one side over the other? So you had to choose a concentration. It was either culinary arts or baking and pastry. And my mom really did all the cooking and I you know, saw her and I never got a chance to go into the baking side with her. It was only always, always like cake box stuff. And I was like, there's more to this. You know, it's not just you get a yeah. box, you put two eggs, a little bit of oil, a little bit of, there's more to it. Yeah. And then how people make the cakes into these extravagant cakes. They take a simple cupcake and they make it into a, a birthday cake or, you know, so on yeah. and so forth. Um, so I did concentration in baking and pastry, and then I did the umbrella program, and I went up to do my bachelor, my bachelor's, and then my master's, just straight up. What did you find was 
like, was there anything particularly difficult that surprised you about the field? Like, what did you find to be the most challenging things? And what were the things that you enjoyed the most when you were in school? Challenging would definitely be the gender roles of it's a woman's job to do it at home. But when you do it as a job, getting wow. paid to do it, it was always this is not where you belong because wow. it was that's when like the money comes in and that's the male's job. So it's always kind of not fighting it, but always having a lot of pushback of, oh, you're small. And I'm a, I'm a five, four, very petite. Yeah. You're petite. Yeah. I'm super petite. So it's always like, oh, she can't lift. Oh, she can't do this. But it's like through culinary school, that's what, you know, all the chefs really trained us for is male or female. You got to do the same thing. You got to make the same stuff. You got to clean the same stuff. You got to lift 50 pound bags of whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was really nice because every day in the morning, some male or the other would say, oh, that's a little heavy for you, darling. And I would say, please don't darling me. You don't know me. I can probably lift more than you can and carry it on in my little way. <laughs> That's part of what I love about you. Um, that's what I've always loved about you. A huge part of that is um, you are independent. You're very strong-willed. Um, you, If you believe that you can do something, you're going to do it. And that's something that I immediately, I remember identified that I respected and liked about you. Um, is, you know, you speak your mind. You are who you are. And I feel like that, did, does that really help to serve you well in the kitchen? Like when you get into a kitchen, because you, you've really worked your way up to, like you said, operations manager to the kind of like running a kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. So when you were kind of working your way up that ladder, did that attitude that you have in terms of I'm independent, I, I know what I'm doing, I'm confident, did that help you initially or did that hurt you initially? So initially when you, a person like me in specific, because I'm, my body type is very different, um, I'm brown. I come from an Indian background. I'm sh very short compared to other females. Um, and I'm very petite. So initially when, you know, on my first day, I would walk into any kitchen, I would always get looked up and down and like yeah. given a look, right? So at that point, they were already at a certain point that, oh, she can't do X, Y, and Z. So from day one, it was always proving myself that I'm able to do everything that you can do. Yeah, I can do the same thing at the same capacity. Um, and there are some things that, you know, I might require some help with because it yeah. just might be too high and I don't have time to go get a stepladder. Um, so there's been some instances where I have worked in a couple restaurants and I've had that being taken advantage of in terms of like, oh, she's short, you can do whatever. Um, but I've stood my ground and made it known that just because I'm a female and I'm short doesn't mean you can do whatever because I still hold, I still hold my own ground. Yeah. What is your, what's your favorite thing about what you do about being in the kitchen or opera, whatever it is, like, what is your favorite thing about this world that you do? Seeing customers walk away happy and making a personal connection with them. And having them come back and being able to say, hey, David, how's your wife? Or how was that yeah. wedding you went to? Um, and just having a conversation as simple as that. And then definitely, you know, doing different things out of my comfort zone, making different things that I haven't made from different regions of the world and whatnot. Yeah. What... um. When did that... Because I've known you while you worked in a couple different 
restaurants in different industries, things like that. Like I, we, I've kind of been here, whether or not in person or not, you know, kind of you taking on these different roles and different jobs. And, you know, there was definitely a change where I knew you when you were just working in the kitchen and you were, you know, working on a line or, you know, you're preparing this or that. And then it was, you know, kind of watching you work your way up the ranks, you know, in a kitchen to, you know, being the head of this or managing a kitchen. When did that shift kind of happen for you? Like, did you, did you feel that happen where you went from just like a kind of a line every day? Oh, go do this, go do this to where you started, you know, running things or when you started speaking up more or having your voice heard, like, when did that kind of happen for you in the kitchen? I would say that happened 2016 after I took a break from restaurants in general, because I worked in a couple restaurants and I didn't mind being told what to do because you have to start somewhere, yeah. right? And you have to be told A, B, and C. And that was fine with me because every restaurant's run differently. Every manager runs shifts differently. Um, my issue came where it was corporate. And in initially what I was told when I was being interviewed was you can do creative things and we can talk about it and we can go from there. But that never happened. And it was, yeah. this is a recipe, A, B, and C, no deviation. And it's, you know, if we're out of a certain ingredient, we're going to go drive two hours to get it. But you can't deviate from the recipe. And in my mind, that just wasn't practical because you're wasting four hours to yeah. get one thing when you can just substitute a different fruit or a different vegetable, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so it's really happened when I started working at Cameron's Coffee and Chocolates in Fairfax. I remember um, that, yeah. That was April 2016 was my first day. It was April 8th, in fact. I actually remember the exact date. Um, and that's when I had taken a break for a couple months. Um, and I jumped back in. And I started in April. And then I'm really, uh, like, if I see someone doing something that kind of just makes sense to me and I can see how they do it, I won't wait to be told to do it because if it needs to get done, it needs to get done. If I've seen someone do it, I'll yeah. jump in and do it. Um, so in September, I was offered a manager position there because of that reason, because I would just jump in and do something and my manager would come back and say, oh, this needs to be done. I'm like, oh, it's already done because I saw you do it. And I was asked a couple of times, how did you know to do it? I said, oh, I saw you doing it a couple of times. And I figured it was at, you know, whatever time every day. So I didn't think I needed to wait because it still needed to get done for the establishment to go forward. Um, that happened in September. And then I started running shifts. I started doing this and that. And then about six or seven months after, I got offered the assistant manager position for running the whole place next to the general manager. Um, and once again, it was because I had been there for so long. I'd known the in and outs. I'd known how to do certain things. Um, and then when, so in September, I'd given, I was given a certain set of responsibilities and then six months after they just built on that. And that's something I really liked rather than just giving me a whole list of things to comprehend within a couple of weeks, they kind of staged me into it. Um, and then I think a three or four months after that, they just created a new position for me, which was back of the house manager kind of separating both aspects of it because it's really difficult to do both keeping track of customers stock and everything in the front of the house and also making sure production um but even then we were having a hard time finding people 
to work at that level. So I was still doing both, but my title was back of the house manager. I was getting all, everything was basically forwarded over to me and I was making the calls and the decisions. So I've, I think proving yourself initially, whether it be a male or female, is really important. And making known that you can hold your ground regardless of the situation helps. 100%. Now, which one do you like more? Do you like just the purely being able to get in the kitchen and cook? Do you like the management side or do you like being able to do both? Definitely both. Yeah. Definitely because, you know, you start at a certain point and you can't be a manager, in my opinion, of any place unless you know the gears and the how everything turns and how everything works because I can't just walk into not really any, you know, food industry place. I can't walk into, you know, for example, a university and tell an admissions rep how they should or shouldn't um, scout people out without knowing what their limitations are, without knowing their day-to-day struggles, yeah. rather than me saying, this is just how you should do it when I don't know anything about it. So it's really important to know your recipes, know your batch sizes, know who your employees are and what they're capable of, because that ranges from a scale of one to ten. One person can look like they're a ten, but in reality they might just be a two in terms of production and speed and all of that. Yeah. Have you ever had any like disasters in the kitchen where you had to fix something, you know, jump in and change something last second? Like I mean, I know the co- I, I have other friends that are chefs and stuff and they talk about you know, there's just chaos every day, all the time. Um, but have you ever had any like major disasters where you just had to jump in and say, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to change this game plan. Like, is there any kind of thing that comes to mind for you for that? In those terms, I'm really much of a perfectionist. So (laughs) it's like, for example, if you have like a wheel of cheese in the fridge, I'm the kind of person that when that first wheel of cheese is even open i will order the second one and that's what everyone loved or loves about me is because i make sure we always have it whether i need to freeze it or i need to deep freeze it we have it in case you know one day you go run out of cupcakes you know you gotta have a batch ready to just mix and bake less than 30 minutes you're extremely forward thinking in terms of you know making sure you never run out of things or never Mm -hmm. behind on things and all that Yeah, because one thing I have definitely learned is the food industry is unpredictable. It can be a Monday or a Tuesday and you can think, oh, it's going to be a really slow day because it's the beginning of the week, but it turns out to not be. So if you don't have everything on hand, you're going to have a disastrous day and it's going to be a disaster overall because you just don't have everything, for example. Um, So I don't think I've run into issues like that because I'm very quick and I'm very you know this should be a thing you should always have a backup for everything um I think I've had more people not paying attention and listening to what I say and how things should be done I always tell people um work smarter not harder yeah because the more difficult you make it it'll be more difficult on yourself when it doesn't really need to be difficult if you need to stand by the stove and watch something for two minutes tell someone else it'll be okay And they can go cover you or you can switch out or whatever. Um, There was this one incident at Cameron's where we were making simple syrup. And simple syrup is equal parts sugar to water. And once the sugar dissolves and it's boiling, that's also how you make caramel and toffee and so on and so forth. After you add the cream and the butter and 
yada, yada, yada. This girl decided not to wait by the stove and also not tell anyone. So I think it was exactly six minutes after the sugar had caramelized so much that once it caramelizes so much, you can then do glass blowing with it. It had passed, it was past the glass blowing stage and it was in the pot and it was a bubble of sugar and it was just burning. It was just black and burning. Oh my gosh. And I was in a meeting and all I heard was something is burning and I smelt it and I got up and I saw this and everyone was like, stand back, call 911. I was like, you don't have to call 911. I got this. Grab a mitt, took it under cold water, told everyone to get out. That girl was never allowed near the stove again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough, right? Because when I imagine when you are a manager and you have people in your kitchen and you tell them, hey, this is what I want. Here's the expectations. You And you walk away. You just have to assume and hope that they know what they're doing. You Correct. know, um, so it's like you always have to keep a watchful eye on them, but also you have to rely on your kitchen staff to know what they're doing. Right. Um, so I, I feel like there's just a lot of trust involved in that. Um, so are you a part of the process of hiring people like for the kitchen and stuff like that? Yes. At now, the current restaurant I am. Yes. Now, what do you look for when you're hiring somebody? What are the skills and traits? Because anybody, you know, I don't want to say anybody and, and, you know, dumb it down because it's a very difficult thing, but people can go to culinary school. They can take classes. They can do, what is it that you look for when you're hiring people? This is going to seem like a really um, smart ass answer, but honestly, it's the truthful answer. Common sense. Yeah. Because believe it or not, it is so uncommon, super uncommon. Um, if the person is a smiling person and they can adjust to a new place, I'm not saying let go of your skill set because your skill set is something you've acquired, but every place is different. Every place is yeah. run differently. You know, the place isn't going to mold to you. You mold yourself to the place. So yeah. if someone comes in with a smiling face and says, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z. Okay, but I'm not going to take your verbal word for it. I need to, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, I need to see it. Right. I'm going to say, all right, go make me a batch of muffins. And I'm going to watch them like a hawk. Yeah. Because if you're going to tell me you know how to make the best muffins, you better not be on your phone for a recipe. That recipe better be in your brain. Now, I think that's so interesting because... And, and, you know, uh, we've known each other for a while and, you know, I don't say this in any sort of disrespectful way, but it's just true. You're, you're still young. Like, you know, you're, you're 26 years old and you're yep. running kitchens and you're hiring people and you're making major decisions that affect an entire business mm -hmm. and people's livelihoods. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do, do you still get that at all of, you know, people, you had a lot of experience, you've worked in a lot of different places, uh, many different levels. Do you ever still feel like you get that little bit of like, who's this young woman trying to run this thing or tell me, or, you know, you're hiring people that are older than you and they mm -hmm. give you that look like, who's this, who's this girl trying to tell yep. me, you know, do you ever still yep. get that? All the time. Really? All and, the time. And so how do you deal with that? Was somebody looking at you like, who's this person? Like, do you just handle it professionally or like, do you just, I, I don't know, like, how do you deal with that? Definitely professionally. Because you don't want to come off as a egoistical, snotty, you know, whatever word you want to put yeah. in there. Um, so, <clears throat> like I said, the proof is in the pudding. If you and I are going to make a batch of muffins and you're going to tell me you worked at so-and-so place and this and that, 
But the first thing you do is you grab your phone. You don't know anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I get that all the time. And there have been a couple of people that I've worked with. And <clears throat> initially at the interview stage, it's been like, who is this person interviewing me? She's shorter than me. She's smaller than me. She's yeah. brown. This is not, this is way out of her comfort zone. Um, but then they see me in the kitchen and they gain that respect immediately. Because if I can handle a Friday night by myself, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, so I like that, it, you know, what you expect from your staff, you also show them the same thing in yourself. You correct. know, if you expect them to prove themselves, you are also going to show that, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure that's a trust exercise, right? Like if they see, oh yeah, she can do all the things that she's asking us to do and she can run this and run that and stay calm while she's doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, oh yeah, maybe I, this person is in this position for a reason, right? Yeah, um, very, very important. Um, I will say if you lose your mind on a simple Friday night. Yeah. I get it, but that probably isn't the place for you. Yeah. Because things are unexpected. Think people make the weirdest of requests and you don't want to be known as the place or the employee at a place that just says no to everything. You want to be known as a person yeah. that, Oh, I remember going to that one place and this waiter server hostess was great. I had this very random request and they accommodated me yeah. to the best of their capability um so definitely super important now talk to me about you know the elephant in the room right covid um how did that affect um the culinary industry that you work in like because because i know people that did work in the industry that lost their jobs um during covid because restaurants closed or they had to cut back or temporarily close whatever it may be how did covid impact you directly so when covid happened <clears throat> it happened in January 2020, really in, you know, China and that part of the world. And everyone really thought, oh, it's not going to come over here. They're yeah. going to take care of it, but it didn't happen. So when it hit the United States in March, I was actually out of the country. <laughs> I had That's taken... right. I do. I remember that you were in India, right? <laughs> yes. I was yeah. in India for two weeks um, because my sister was getting married that year, you know, six months after. So we were doing some quick wedding shopping for her um yeah. and i remember so i had taken my two weeks off for that time frame and i got a text because my phone was still working that you know companies closed everyone's laid off and Whoa. i freaked so i called my sister i said this is my manager's name call him and tell him he can call me on this number to fill me in because there was also the time difference so he really couldn't just pick up the phone whenever and give me a call um so i i was laid off but also at that time especially in virginia at least i'm not you know it was fairly similar in every other state um especially the beginning of it where there were stay-at-home orders and a lot of places were closed um and that was the place that i was at the i was working in at the moment was purple onion catering in vienna virginia um, I was a pastry chef there, so I left and I had a job and I came back and I didn't have a job. That's so wild. It was freaky. Um, my sister was moved to work from home and so was my dad for two weeks. Um, but my dad went back after two weeks. He was only work from home for two weeks because, um, the quarantine and we had just flew back in. Um, but he works for the government through DOD. So he was back within two weeks and he's essential, but it was really different coming back and not getting up at three in the morning and going to work 
Um, you know me very well and you know I've worked very crazy hours. Yes, um, yes. So going to bed at 4 a.m. and not waking up till 1 p.m. was very weird. <laughs> it was super <laughs> weird. Um, I did that up until I think like the end of May. And then Purple Onion called me again and they said we have PPE money and we're bringing all of our managers back. And they had told me that in March, but um, everything was so uncertain. Um, so it was kind of just like a wait and watch kind of a thing. Um, so I did go back to Purple Onion for a little bit. And then <clears throat> I got completely laid off in August again because the company closed down. The PPE money ran out. There wasn't any more yeah. money coming in. Um, so then that was, I was really laid off. And I, I, at that point I knew people are hiring. People are, you know, restaurants and bakeries and food establishments are slowly opening up. Um, so I just need to see what's out there. And then I found the Greek restaurant and I had initially applied there to be the baker, but a day, my first day, two hours into the shift, the owner sits me down and says, I don't want you as my baker. And I said, I think this is in my brain. I was thinking, I think this is the quickest first day I've ever had. And I'm getting fired. <laughs> like, man, I got fired already. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like in that moment of 10 seconds, I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, what did I do wrong? You're like, was the food that bad? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and I didn't really make anything, right? I was really just behind him in that two, three hour period, just observing him and saying, okay, I can do this now. You can go do something else. Kind of just you know, two more hands on deck. And he said, I don't want you to be my baker. And he, that 10 second pause, my heart sank. And I was like, what am I going to go home and tell my parents? I just got laid off and I just got laid off again. Like what the heck? Twice in a row. I know it was crazy. And then he said, I want you to run the place. And I was like, huh? And my heart sank a little bit more. Cause I was like, <laughs> he's messing with me. He's known yeah. me for two hours. And he said, no, these two hours, you have lifted so much stress off of me because of the simple thing. And he said it specifically, he said, I was cutting cucumbers. And most people that have come in this place have just stood there and watched. And you're the first person that said, I can do this, go do something else. And he said, that's how I know I want you to run the place. And then I've been there since. We've gone from masks to no masks to masks again. And then no masks, and then now masks again. It's great. <laughs> now, working, working, none of that surprises me, knowing you, P.S. Uh, none of that surprises me. But now working in a Greek restaurant, that's that's a change of pace for you. Like, did you have a experience working with Greek food or anything like that before? Nothing at all. The only thing I knew about Greek food was spanakopita that you yeah. get from Costco. And <laughs> that you get my from mom. Costco. <laughs> So, like, the new things that happen at Costco, they always do these samples, and yeah. we're brown. Come on. Samples are a thing in our family. And we were, like, we tried them, and they were great. But we didn't know it was Greek. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I started working there, I was like, Spanakopita is Greek? He's like, heck, yes, it is. I was like, I've loved this my whole life. I had no idea this was Like, Greek. I'm in the right place. What's your What's your favorite thing to make that you make there now? Savory like or you, sweet? Um, go with savory. Let's go with savory. Because mm. I really like Greek food. I have a lot of uh, yeah. respect and appreciation for it because it's a very old cuisine. It's been around for mm -hmm. a really long time. Right. Um, I would say the Euros because oh, yeah. I have never been one. Like 
I eat meat, yes, um, yeah. but I'm more like if you put chicken and a vegetable dish in front of me, I would always say vegetable, vegetable yeah. because I'm very particular about my flavors and whatnot. Um, yeah. But I I normally don't work with meat because the blood squirms me out, which is also the reason I went for baking and pastry. Um, but I didn't even know pork gyros were a thing, and that's Greek, yeah, hundred like percent. So I think that it's the easiest. And yeah. I don't like it because it's the easiest. I like it because it's something I didn't know about. Yeah. Because you can take, you know, like lamb chops, for example. You can add a different seasoning and cook it a different way and make it Italian, make it Russian. But pork euros are so specific to Greece because anywhere that they practice Islam, pork is haram. They don't use it. They don't eat it. They don't touch it. Yeah. And pork is a very fatty meat. So a lot of people steer away from it. This was so intriguing to me. And I was like, interesting. I never knew. Yeah. And then, and then I, you know, I learned more over the time that I've been there. So I think the euros, cause there's so many varieties, you know, cause everyone like, um, there's a lot of places that does shawarma, but shawarma is beef or chicken. It's not lamb or pork. Yeah. So I think that, and then there's a that, there's a way of cutting it. So it's not, I mean, normally when you go to a Euro place, they have like an electric knife and they kind of just like do this shaving thing. But I've seen videos of comparisons and the one where they shave it with an electrical knife, it's so straight and there's no difference in the cooked and the raw that that way you can tell that it's processed. But in the pork, or the ones that we do at least, you have to shave it in a very specific way because it cooks from the outside in. So if you cut too deep, you're basically cutting raw meat. So I've been there more than a year and I still work on my cutting skills because wow, sometimes I'll cool. cut too sometimes I'll cut too deep and I'll be like, oh shoot, I you know, this is just straight raw meat. I gotta put it back on here to cook. So and I imagine that's cool for you to be at a place where you're still learning new things and honing your skills. Oh, 100%. I love it. Yeah. There's, if I don't learn something new every day, I don't think I'm doing my job right. Because I won't know everything, right? No one will know everything. You gotta, you learn things. Yeah. No matter how long you've been doing it. Now, tell me about your DK creation, D creations. Tell, tell so, me about that. So what had happened was... Um, when I had decided to go to culinary school, my, like my graduation party, people had gotten me, you know, like gifts to like customize and stuff. So on there I had put D creations and it was D K R E A T I O N S. So I took my initials. I didn't yeah. change them or anything. So I still have that plaque. It is, I think it's framed downstairs. Um, and back then I did say I was going to open up my own business this was before I got into profit and loss statements and knowing the actual meat of opening a business. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of let go of that and I was content with being on a W-2 and working for somebody. Um, but then I'm 26 and I have been laid off twice before I was 25. So my dad really was like, we need to do something that he said it straight up. He said, we need to do something so that when we're gone, you don't have to worry about getting a job. That it's yours and you're good. Um, so last year, we 
just opened up this business and I do it with my mom and my dad. Um, so we do custom Indian food catering and custom cakes and desserts. Um, I do all the baking and my mom helps with all the cooking and then I jump in wherever she needs help with and it's going well. The food looks well. amazing. I see the pictures of it and yes. the food just looks incredible. It looks so good. It's when you come to visit, 100%. I can't wait. I can't wait to try it. Um, this has been really, really cool. Um, I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you giving me insight into the culinary world and your mind and kind of how things work. Um, of course. It's always a pleasure to see you and talk to you and kind of it's, it's neat to get this kind of side of things of how you've grown into the industry and how COVID has affected you and, you know, starting your own business. I just think it's incredible. So um, I appreciate that. And as always, I like to end with a fun little rapid fire Q and A. Are you, oh. are you, are you ready for that? All right. I'm ready. All right. So um, as always, she does not know what she's going to be asked. So here we go. I tried. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, what is your favorite late night snack? Cookies. What kind of cookies? The little butter ones from Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Costco. <laughs> um, what is your dream vacation? No, I don't know. I guess sitting home and actually not working, that would be a dream come true. <laughs> You're such a hard worker that your dream is to sit at home and not work. It's so hard. <laughs> and, and go to Costco and buy some cookies, right? Win-win. Exactly. And some rum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, tell, me, uh, tell me something that makes you sad. Having my loved ones away from me. I feel that one on this on this question in particular. It's um, really sad because you're in Ohio and my sister's in Ohio because she got married and my brother-in-law is and you're like the three people that are yeah. basically family well, and it's like, God damn it. I know. <laughs> Can't do I anything know. about it. <laughs> well, on the flip side, what are things that make you happy? Baking. Yeah, I saw that coming. There, Trust me, it's... It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, last question. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self? That's a good question. I don't know. I think I'm proud of the mistakes that I've made. A hundred percent. Like yeah. you've known me. Yeah. Half college and throughout. And I've made plenty of mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think that shaped me as the person today. I don't know what advice I'd give myself. No, I like that though. Uh, that, you know, the things that you've done and experienced and mistakes that you've made and things that you've gone through have, have shaped you into the person that you are today, which is a phenomenal human. One of my favorite people in the world. So I, I can't argue with that answer. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if I sit down with you and M and be like, Hey, what do you think I should have done differently? It would have been, a, it's going to be a whole list. I just have That's a why list I never of things. <laughs> That's why I never ask. Better to not ask. Um, Devika, thank you for doing this. Um, I really, I really appreciate this. It's great to see you. And it's nice to kind of give, uh, I'm hoping my listeners an insight into the culinary world and kind of, you know, what you've experienced from first making the decision to take a culinary class in high school, all the way up to running a kitchen and hiring staff and cooking and baking and having your own business. It has been absolutely incredible to watch you do this over the years. Um, and I can't wait to see what's to come. So thank you for doing this. You're very welcome. Anytime. 
Um, so for everybody out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.